Hello and welcome. I'm Jules B., your host of Behind the Labels, a label-free podcast premium production. Go with me behind the scenes as I dive into the lives of our guests. Each episode will feature unconventional questions that invoke joy, sorrow, and sometimes silence. Come on in, take a seat, and let's start this conversation. Thank you so much for joining me here behind the labels, a label-free podcast production, and I am Jules B., and I am so happy to talk to you today. It is a pleasure. It is an honor, and thank you so much for showing up. Let's see. What do I know about you that everybody else doesn't know about you? You are an entrepreneur. You're the CEO and founder of PodPros, a software company. You basically... Uh, focus on the podcasting industry, your podcast host, your top-rated podcast host, and you, it's called Podcasting Made Simple, and you're a lead educator in podcasting. I, I'm keeping it simple because I want you to go ahead and add to whatever it is that you'd like to say on top of that. Yeah, well, first off, thank you for, for chatting with me and having me. Yeah, um, basically what I do and my, my goal, my entire, if I could give my like underlying agenda, for lack of a better term, in this industry that I've devoted my time to, it's just to help elevate independent people's voices, people that have a message that they want the world to hear. And we've just, me and my team have just found ways to be able to do that. And so simple things like creating our different softwares that, again, just simplify the process for somebody who says, I'm not really sure where to even begin or how to really get my voice out there. That's what we're all about. And so we just find the problems that people are struggling with. Again, the, the small independent creators, and we, we offer it to them and try to make it for them so that they're able to, again, get their voice out there and get heard and ultimately make the world a better place. All right. So when you created PodPros, what was the event surrounding that creation that made it possible? What happened? Yeah, so I, I, I was looking for something to do in podcasting, because again, I just everything I just shared, I fell in love with the industry, with the people. And um, the, the first product we actually made, so before it was even called Pod Pros, was called Podmatch. And just to keep everyone up to speed, I'm not going to jump into a pitch here, but to explain what that is, it's a software that automatically matches ideal podcast guests and hosts together for interviews. Right. It literally works just like a dating app, but instead of matching you for dates, it matches you for podcast interviews. So you register as a guest host or both. But the whole idea of that came into existence when I was actually speaking at a podcasting conference in Orlando, Florida. Uh, when I got off stage, people are nice, so people will talk to you. And I, I made a point to document what people were asking for, like what they were struggling with. So I asked, hey, as a podcaster, what is it that you're struggling with? And I just repeatedly heard, oh, I'm having a really hard time finding the ideal guests for my show. And in that same room, I met people that weren't podcasters. They were authors saying, well, I'm having a hard time finding podcasts to be a guest on. And I found myself even in person connecting those people. And when I came home, I was like, that's, that's a problem. That's a pain point for these independent podcasters that don't already have an existing name and reputation and, and, and any real influence yet, right? They'll get there, uh, but they need something. And, and that is what we, we were seeking to create. And that's really where the whole thing kicked off, if you will, with us creating that software and offering it to the podcasters who needed it. Okay. So since you are an expert, you experience highs and lows in anything. What would you yeah. say has been the most expensive lesson you've had to learn? And keep in mind, money is not the only currency. 
Yeah, I'm glad that you said that money's not the only currency because this one maybe didn't cost us as much money at time that I'm about to share. But there was early on, I got it right because I asked people what they were struggling with. And as an entrepreneur, the, the first thing that you're called to do is solve a problem for people. You can't solve a problem for people by guessing, right? I, I can't talk to you on this call and assume I know what you're struggling with in life and be like, well, I'm going to offer this and see perfect for her. I already know it, right? That's, that's right. how that works. Right. But what happened is I think I got, a, I don't know if I just got overly confident or just assumed I knew things. I, I don't know what happened. Maybe I was lacking humility in the moment. But I, I told my co-founder, who was the, the technical side of it, so I'm not a software guy. He is. He's a developer through and through. And I knew that I knew that I knew that we needed to add this extra feature into the software. And he's like, man, this is a huge project. He goes, it took us just over three months to launch it. He goes, this one's going to take me six months to do. I was like, we have to have it. We have to have it. We have to have it. And he's like, okay, this is not this is irreversible. I was like, okay, that's fine. We definitely need it. We built it. Nobody wanted it at all. And it was actually, it, it hurt our software. And so we had to remove it. So we took an extra three months to remove it. So it was a nine month project with no ROI at all. And in that moment, I realized that I can't make the decision based off a hunch. It always has to be a direct solution to the problem that somebody I say I serve is actually struggling with. And that to date has been the most time consuming uh, and probably financially expensive I'd say problem or mistake that w was caused along the way. Very expensive learning lesson for me. Let's put it that way. Okay. So then how is your why then different from your why you do it now? Yeah, my why then, it, it's somewhat still aligned, but it's definitely transformed. As, as, as we all learn and grow, we kind of figure out what we're doing. I just knew I wanted to originally help podcasters. I was like, I want to help podcasters. That's, right. that's a very general statement i still want that podcasters but now i know what it is it's giving them the tools that they need to be able to podcast without any interruption like can we keep people podcasting because there's one thing about the industry that always really bothers me right now we're experiencing about 85 percent churn rate in the industry which simply means 85 percent people who start a show stop and some of them it's okay they're just testing the waters wanting to try something new that's all fine but it's the people that have a true passion and purpose and say this is just too much work and I can't really figure it out. Those are the people that we're now seeking to actually offer a true solution for to simplify the whole process of podcasting. So again, my why from start was to help, and now it's more specific on who I help and how I help, but it's still along those same lines. Okay. So when you talk about the 85% churn, what's the one thing your more successful members who are guests on podcasts with more visibility have in common? from your yes. what from what your analytics show. Yeah, so on the it's a little bit different on the guest and host side. Which side should we be focused on? Which side would you think would be better to talk about here? Cool. All right. Love it. No right or wrong. Good, okay. So first off on the, the host side, I'll I'll share both because they're both fairly straightforward answers. But on the host side, the one commonality I found in all podcasts that make it, that the ones that don't make it don't have, is simply systems. Having standard operating procedures, having documentation, having some sort of operating document that they can basically say, here's what I do every time I'm releasing a podcast episode. That's the one commonality I've found in every single successful podcast, no matter how they do it, everyone does a little bit different. And then the unsuccessful ones that don't make it, very rarely do they have anything that they operate by. They just say, oh, Alex, I just remember it. Uh, but you and I both know our, our head is for having ideas, not for storing them. So right. uh, 
the, right. the productivity expert David Allen said, uh, your, your, your head is a crappy office. And I think it's true. So uh, when you can get it on paper, you can do a lot better. Uh, so that was the host guide. And to flip it on the guests real quick, guests just didn't even know where to begin. And that was always the biggest problem is the guests were saying, I want to be on podcast. I have one friend that knows somebody that has a podcast. I'll go on that one. And so before there was tools like Podmatch in existence, they just, it was all cold outreach. Like you don't even know if they're looking for guests. You're just going out and shooting at the hip. And, and now that podcasting has become more popular, that's changed a little bit. But in general, the same problem still applies. People are like, okay, what, what's my first step? How do I even do this? And so it's just not knowing the space very well. Uh, which again, we, for me, I like to provide as much education as possible. So when somebody's getting on a podcast, it's not a deer in the headlights moment. It's a, I know what I'm doing here and I, I know the value I'm going to be able to add to this audience. That's the education I provide to the guest side of things. Okay. So let's talk about being unrealistic for just a moment. <laughs> when you think of the members, they're not a specific one, but a lot of us may have unrealistic expectations. When we talk about that, what's a common unrealistic expectation that a lot of members have or podcasters have? How long do you have? Because uh, I'm just kidding. I've got a few things here to talk about. They couldn't, or they, let's just say they shouldn't have them because, you know, in, in my... I think podcasting, I think visibility, I think, hey, you're investing your time. I'm thinking you just don't want to look and found any old way. Mm -hmm. But getting still when it calls for you to do a little bit more than what you expect to do, you don't want to do it. But you still, it's yeah. like you want to be fighting a fortune without the works. Right. And people don't yeah. realize what goes on behind the scenes of those who are true podcasters, because I always say there's people who do podcasts and they're all podcasters. They are not mm. the same. Said. They're not the same. So what's an unrealistic expectation that you keep running into? People have it and you're like, why do they think this? This, yeah, from the guest standpoint. So the, the people that are podcast guests that I talk to, I'll share that side first. The, the thing that I hear the absolute most is, Alex, how do I get on the top biggest shows in the world? Like, how do I get on the shows with 10 million downloads a week? Like, those are the ones I need to be on. And they can, unfortunately, it's a misconception on the value of those. Not that there's anything wrong with the big shows. There's, I'm not saying there is anything wrong with them. But you might work for years to be able to get to get on one of those shows. And the, the truth of the matter is, they have big listenership because the listeners are fans of the host. You're just the extra and so for a lot of people they get on these big shows after years of working like it barely did anything for me so the small ones aren't going to help me at all either podcasting just doesn't work and the problem is i think we're all preconditioned by social media oh, there's anything wrong with social media it has its place but it's not the same it's not apples for apples right you can't compare the two so people say well it's got to be big numbers or it's not valuable and that might be true on social media maybe but with podcasting it's not the same as somebody laying in bed and quickly clicking double tapping to like something and scrolling past it Podcasting is the same as you and me sitting on a stage with people in the audience listening to us for for a, a certain amount of time, 20 minutes maybe, right? And that's right. a more powerful medium. And so a lot of guests, they say, Alex, I only want to be on the biggest show. I'm not going to waste my time when there's only a couple hundred people listening. But if I told those same people, I've got a room behind me with a couple hundred people sitting in seats that want to hear your message. Are you interested? 
I don't know if there's anyone on the planet who would say, no, I'm good. That's not big enough. People aren't going to say that. They're going to say 200 people that want to hear me speak. Yes, I will go right now. And the problem is we don't go into podcasting with that mentality of, you know what? If it's my right audience, no matter how big or small, I'm going to be able to impact those people. I'm in for it. And that's the misconception I see on the guest side. Wow. You you just said a word to me. Sure. You, I love it. You just said a word to me. I'm thinking. Uh-huh. Okay. So some podcasters out there, they pay an appearance fee. How do you feel about that? Yeah, it's becoming very common in the industry. I think I'm one of the one of the leading voices against that right now. And some taking, I, I, I suppose I see the reason for it. But my big issue with it is, is in my experience of podcasting and many others that I've seen be really successful, when they get to have a conversation with somebody, that is an introduction and opening to hopefully many collaborations in the future with that person. When I say to my guest, I'm going to charge you to be here, I'm taking relationship and turning it into a transaction saying, hey, listen, maybe there's more later, but pay me now, transaction, and we'll just see where it goes, right? Be my podcast. You're taking, again, that, that hopefully that future collaboration saying, you know what, now it's just a transaction. And so for me, I have people that have been on my podcast that together we've made tens of thousands of dollars. When if I would have just said, hey, it's a hundred bucks for my podcast, I may have killed the chance of a relationship right there. And so to me, I think that many of us, although I see the quick win, maybe in just the desire of like, I'm making something with my podcast, I think that we might be selling ourselves a little bit short by doing that. Instead, and to give an alternative, because I don't believe in just saying, hey, it's bad, don't do it. I do think there's opportunity for co-collaboration afterwards. So I can say, you know what? Hey, I'm not going to charge me a guest, but if you want to drop $500 on this thing, I'll run some ads against it. I'll have my team do some extra assets. We'll get it out there in front of way more people together as a way to collaborate. Because then it furthers the idea of collaboration with a little bit of money in it. And then you can see what you can do together from there and the impact it'll have. I like that way better than just saying, give me money and you can be on my podcast. Well, I mean, we do ads, we do press releases. We do a lot more than the average podcast. Oh, yeah. You all do a very, very good job. Because the thank you so much. Because the podcast, I learned, you know, and I have to read, the the average podcast has 26 listeners on one of and 96, what is it, 94% of us quit after six months. Yeah. And so here I am. I'm out there. I'm I'm making you, I'm helping you to be visible. I'm also trying to make you look as good as possible because, let's be honest, Alice, everybody doesn't look good. Even though <laughs> right, right. They, they may have a great message, but you have to work hard to make them look credible. And so there's all kinds of things. Maybe there's a lot of dead air or dead space. You have to go ahead and take the time to make that as fluid as possible. And that's work. Now I have to make you visible. Now I want the word to get out and all this other stuff. Most people don't edit. They don't do a lot of stuff that we do. But I just wanted your thoughts on that. So what's the question you wish someone would ask you, but they haven't? you're not for sure why yeah uh, i actually appreciate the fact that like they have an open-ended question like that i I do a lot of people get into the i don't know the i guess the the ins and outs of it the function of things like how do i grow my podcast how do i be a better guest right like all that stuff and as much as i love educating in that space i do wish i had more opportunity to talk about the heart behind the matter so 
for me, I would love to get asked questions about like, why podcasting? Like, why, why did you pick this medium to get into? That's a question I would absolutely love to be asked. Okay. All right. So why podcasting, Alex? It's a great question. Thank you for asking me. <laughs> you know, when I, uh, early on, uh, I'm going to date myself here, but I got into blogging when it was fairly new. And I remember loving that medium because as an independent with not a lot of money and not a lot of influence, I felt like my voice was being heard by people. And up till that point, when it came out, the thing about social media was very early days at that point. Like it, it really didn't do very much. So the fact that I have this way of getting my word out there was like a beautiful thing. And for me, it was my introduction to being more of a, an outgoing person. Like I've always been a bit of an extrovert, but like actually having a place, a platform. Again, someone with not a lot of money, not a lot of influence. It was beautiful. And then podcasting came on the scene. I was like, my voice, right? And at first, I'll be real. I was terrified. I, I thought I sounded terrible on a mic. And you get over all this. No way. Right? <laughs> No, no way. yeah, it's me. <laughs> no, not you. I don't believe it. Oh man, it was so true. Yeah, the first time, I, the first time I re-listened to it, I stopped. I'm like, I don't want to hear that. But no, the, the whole point I'm getting at here is I decided to podcast me because in my mind, when I think about how people listen to podcasts, you and I probably listen similar ways while we're driving, while we're doing some chores, maybe while right. we're exercising, while we're doing the dishes. That's when we're hearing these things. And for me, the type of person I am. I comprehend way better if I can do something with my hands while I'm, it's fairly mindless, right? Like doing the dishes where it's automatic, it's autopilot, right? And I can comprehend so much better. And so for me, I saw podcasts, I'm like, wow, I remember almost everything that's said in a 30-minute episode. If I listen to a 20 or 30-minute conversation, I remember it all. And I loved that. And I realized, you know what? Anybody can do this. They can reach whoever is looking for that content. And so for me, I, I believe it's the most powerful form of media that we have right now. It's voices sharing the passion that's inside their heart in a, in a free way. And, and I love that. And like you all talk about label free, like you can do it label free. You don't have to be following some process or organization. You can do this however you want. So we get the opportunity to exercise our creativity and hopefully impact that small community somewhere in the world that needs us. And so to me, I podcast and believe in podcasting because I think the world needs the messages that so many of us have. They need to not feel alone. And this is the ultimate way that's happening. Okay. So if you could relive one day in your life, Alex, but you couldn't change it, you could only relive that day again. What day would that be for you and why? It could be the day that uh, that I got married. So my, my wife and I have been married half, happily since the beginning. So happily and been married for uh, at, uh, since 2012, and uh, I just remember that being a really a great day for for both of us. Um, we we had a really good time. It was both the, both of us first time getting married, and uh, we we decided to to wait on certain things as well that come with marriage, and uh, just absolutely had a blast. And that was like uh, the start of the best days of my life, I would say. So that would be a really great day to to relive. You just said you decided to wait for some things that come with marriage. Is it? Do you mind clarifying that? For sure, yeah. We decided that living together was something we weren't going to do beforehand. We decided that we weren't going to to have sex before we got married. Those were just things that we decided. Were... Right? <laughs> My husband and I did the same thing. Let me say this to you. I, it took me nine months to let my husband kiss me or hold my hand. Because wow. I said, 
I had to give him time to get everybody out else out of his system, whoever was there. I needed time to get everybody else out of mine. We did not have any type of sex before we got married. And now he and I can come to the table. We have a table. It's called the table. And whenever we want to talk, he says, would you come to the table, babe? It's to the point where I don't even have to compromise. Why? Because we don't argue like that. Mm. And so I don't believe in compromising anyway in marriage because that means that the problem is still there. You just gave me a Band-Aid. And Band-Aid right. don't always, Band-Aids don't always cover bruises. Mm. And I don't want a Band-Aid. I want it resolved. I want it gone. If it is detrimental to this union, it has to flee. That's right. And so my mother would say, and it's a saying out there, and I probably don't, I'm not saying it correctly, but men like flowers with petals still on them. Besides, he doesn't believe that. Besides, he thinks you have to take it for a trip test drive and everything. But because of what my husband and I did, he trusts me. And I think that it made a difference because I not only have a husband, I have a communicator. I have someone mm. who will talk to me. And I don't think that if he would have ever taken me to the bedroom, that would have happened because we would have been busy doing other things. So I commend you. I am so glad you said that. Yeah, thank you. I love hearing that part of your story as well. That's, that's amazing. Love that. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And it's been 35 plus years. Oh, that's an inspiration to me right there. I oh. love that. I saw your picture. I don't believe that you're that age, but that's okay. I'll let that slide. <laughs> I am. I am. I am. All right. So in the end, after all is said and done, and if anyone were to ask you, who do you want to say you are? First and foremost, for me, my, my faith is, is everything to me. So I would like to be a servant of Jesus from the Bible. That is my first and foremost thing. And as someone who is that servant, I was called to do two things, love God and love people. And I want to be known as somebody that really, truly loves people with his area of expertise. I'm not the most gifted person in the world, but I do know my lane. I know what I'm good at. I know how I can serve and love people well. And I want to make sure I do that to the, the maximum of my capacity. I want to make sure that I don't leave anything on the table because I'm a believer that when you, uh, I'm a firm believer that when you pass away one day, you, you go somewhere. And when I meet my creator, when I meet Jesus, I want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You serve people and you serve me well. And that's what I want to be known for when uh, when it's all said and done. All right. Well, that is all the questions that I have for you. What do you think of our process, Al? Love it. I've uh, I've never, I've been on, I don't know, 300 plus podcasts, but I've never had anything like this before. You know, I've never gotten to do behind the labels, right? Like this is, it's really amazing. Really cool. Okay. Blessings to you and your family. And keep in mind, we are not as divided as we are disconnected. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Behind the Labels, a label-free podcast premium production. We hope this conversation has reminded you of the power of your voice and the importance of taking the best steps to live a more fulfilled life. Make sure you like, follow, comment, and share. And for more content, check out the Label Free Podcast with our fabulous host, Deanna. And remember, 
We all have choices. We all have goals. We all make mistakes. But it doesn't have to be behind a label.